Every part of your vehicle serves a purpose, especially your tires. When they aren't right, it makes a big difference in safety. So, find great deals on trusted brands of automotive and specialty tires for farm machinery, utility vehicles, and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. The Zone. Because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. It is fresh out there this morning. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Fabulous farm babe, Pam Youngke. Glad to welcome you to a Friday after a Packer victory. How about that? Now, today, the clouds are going to hang around through the morning hours. 54 are expected high for the day today. Tonight, down to 42. The clouds should clear. We'll move into partly sunny skies by this afternoon. Saturday looks really nice. Sunshine and 57. Sunday, sunshine and 51. Then we start turning the corner. A little cooler as we begin November. Monday, partly sunny skies, 45 degrees. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, has weather details for us. Also this morning, visiting with Wisconsin Ag Secretary Randy Romanski. The application period opened yesterday for our Wisconsin meat processors. Your local butchers looking to improve and expand their facilities. We'll find out about a few of the details when he joins us for this Friday. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Brought to you by Cleary Building Corp. Built with pride before the shamrocks applied. Visit clearybuilding.com to explore their buildings. Equity Livestock Cooperative. Marketing your livestock financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau is celebrating 100 years as the state's largest general agriculture organization. Join now at WFBF.com. It seems like every day or every week, more vaccinations are approved to fight the COVID-19 pandemic. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And of course, uh, the emphasis has been on humans, and now we're getting maybe some of the uh, the grade school kids are going to be able to get their vaccinations. But Stephanie, you found out that other species need some vaccinations as well. What's the latest? Well, yeah, Bob, it's not just people who are susceptible to COVID-19. It's animals, too. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and I'm not just talking about Fluffy, you know, your pet dog or cat. I'm talking about Big cats, lions, and tigers, and other animals, too, like the beloved badger and orangutans and even bats are susceptible to COVID-19. Henry Vilas Zoo in Madison has COVID-19 shots for their susceptible animals, but before they got those, the zoo had to take precautions to make sure those animals weren't getting sick. Imagine having to social distance lions. Lead zookeeper Gary Hartledge tells me all about it. We have uh, several species here that are susceptible to it that a lot of people don't think about. We do have the big cats, our lions, and our tigers, uh, all of our primates, so from the great apes, the uh, orangutans, down to the marmosets and golden lion tamarins are susceptible to it, as well as the badgers and um, our skunk and our otters here. We need to be careful, as well as we have um, a colony of bats here on grounds as well. So all of those are susceptible. Some animals aren't. Like like our rhino and our drabs and stuff. We don't have to worry about those, but yeah, there are some stuff here that we need to keep uh, safe as well until we can get them their vaccines. Yeah, Mink included, I think we, we remember earlier in the pandemic, Mink farms having COVID spread in their facilities. How do you like social distance animals or how do you stop the COVID-19 from spreading amongst animals without calling them? 
That's a great question. Um, it's not an easy one to work around. Um, we wear masks around those species. We, work, we wear masks um, when we're within six feet of our coworkers and stuff like that. A lot of our stuff we don't really have to wear masks around, but there are those um, individual species that we talked about that are susceptible to it, so we need to wear masks around there. Uh, one of the challenges of doing that is a lot of our training that we do with the animals for, like I said, about voluntary injections or some of the other behaviors that we're working for, we need to be a little bit closer for them to give them their reward and to ask for the behaviors and some of the stuff like that. So it's a little bit more challenging to do that. So we need to be more mindful, keeping a mask on around there, keeping our hands clean, our gloves clean, stuff like that, around all that kind of stuff. So it made us think a little bit harder and, and more thorough of like, I still want to do all this stuff. How are we going to do this to keep these animals safe and uh, keep ourselves safe as well? One of the things that we've been able to do for some of the bigger areas, um, we've had the buildings closed to the public um, at the start of the pandemic, and then we opened it back up, and then we've closed it again due to the recent spikes again or whatever. Um, that's the easiest thing that we can do is to keep people away from our animals. Um, just that, that vector of moving um, COVID around and stuff like that and giving them exposure to um, the best way to get them right now is people having it, passing it on to them just like they can pass to other people. Um, so not having traffic in here, not passing it on to other people in the buildings and stuff like that, that's been the easiest thing that we can do to help protect our animals. Uh, the next step um, is once the vaccines are becoming available is that we can start vaccinating those susceptible species. We've been waiting for the vaccine to become available for those species um, and getting them here. That's something separate. We just can't take the human vaccination and put it in the animals. So we had to wait for uh, a special one to be developed. When it comes to vaccinating, you know, they can volunteer. <laughs> Most of our animals that we do need to vaccinate, though, have been... Um, condition to allow voluntary vaccinations. So it's not that detrimental to them because we have been practicing for a while, not just for the COVID vaccinations, but for blood draws or other shots, vaccinations and stuff like that. So by the time that we get it here and we can get it into them, um, it's not going to be anything different than what we've been practicing with them. They are just actually getting that shot. Are you concerned about what the Delta variant could do to animals? We're always concerned about it. Um, we're just waiting to hear uh, the information that comes out as well. Um, if other facilities are reporting any problems with that, um, we haven't really heard anything yet, but um, I can't really answer more on that. It just depends on what comes out, what other facilities are finding and reporting, and then how we can respond to that accordingly. Is it the CDC that zoos have to follow for zoo animals, or is there another organization that sets these guidelines? Well, the AZA is an, an, an uh, organization that um, helps with zoo management, um, stuff like that. They're not saying that you have to, you have to um, vaccinate your animals or anything like that. Um, but being part of an AZA credit facility and an AZA institution, um, we do um, take those extra precautions where we can and stuff like that. Okay. So um, I'm not sure of the regulating body, if there really is one that mandates you know, vaccinations and stuff like that. But um, we'll listen to the veterinary world and stuff like that for what they have to say. Okay. For, uh, for zoo vaccinations, is it similar to the, to the human vaccine? Like, is, there a, is it a two-dose? Is there a waiting period in between? 
Yeah, from what I understand, um, it is a two-dose system that we have. Um, our manufacturer is Zoetis, so it's different than the ones that have been in um, the human market. Um, but it still is a two-dose, and I believe it's around two weeks to 20 days or so in between the, the shots to be effective. I'm imagining um, giving any vaccine to an animal. What does it look like giving a vaccine to a bird or a lion or a badger? If you've taken, like if you have pets at home, you've taken your dog or cat into the vet, it's similar to that. It just might be a different location of where we're giving uh, that shot at. Um, some of our animals, um, and depending on how we can do it safely, um, it might be in one of their hips. Depending on, like our big cat, we have them uh, conditioned to present their left hip to the side of the mesh. So that we can do it safely, they're pushing their side into the mesh, and we can put the needle through one of the openings in it and just do it that way. So we don't have to be hands-on the actual animal to get the shot in there. Smaller animals, um, like some of our primates or um, our badger, we might have to do something a little bit different just to get it in there. But um, it's, yeah, it just depends on the individual species and how, how we've uh, trained them to accept those vaccinations. Anything else I'm not asking you that you think I should be asking about how you keep animals safe during a pandemic? It's our top priority. I know a lot of our guests have not really been happy that our buildings have been closed for as long as they have. Um, but we have not only the responsibility to keep the public safe as possible as we can while they're here, but we have a bigger responsibility to keep our animals safe as possible as well. And if that means we're having the buildings closed to the public for a little bit for their safety, we're going to do what's best for the animals as, as long as we can. So um, it's all within good intention and stuff like that. So hopefully we can get everything vaccinated and we can start returning a little bit more to normal than wh what the public expects when they come to the zoo instead of having some of the buildings closed or animals off exhibit at certain times. Yeah. Can you predict the future for us at all when maybe we'll see things go back to normal at Henry Violet Zoo? I was hoping it already be done by now, but hopefully uh, after this winter, uh, everything will take and we can start getting back to normal like we were a little bit earlier this year. That's Gary Hartledge, the lead zookeeper at Henry Vilas Zoo in Madison. The zoo started vaccinating its susceptible animals this month. These animals include badgers, otters, lions, tigers, and primates, to name a few. The vaccine is free for the zoo through Zoetis. Zoetis donated the vaccines to Henry Vilas Zoo and about 40 other institutions that belong to the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know it's coming. Let's make sure you're prepared. Winter in Wisconsin. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee reminding you about all the services that are there under one roof at McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in Sark City, McFarland's.net online. Don't forget, time for that snowblower service to make sure it's ready to go. They can handle it. Maybe a set of new tires for the ride that you depend on in the winter. Focused on their community and your safety. That's McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. McFarland's.net online. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with a robbery investigation. On October 22nd, at approximately 4 a.m., officers were dispatched to the Walgreens in the 7800 block of Mineral Point Road for an armed robbery. A masked black male entered the Walgreens, confronted the clerk with a firearm, and demanded cash from the register. They then fled from the store. 
Officers were able to conduct a canine track, which ended in the 7900 block of Tree Lane. The suspect is described as tall and muscular, wearing a gray sweatshirt, dark sweatpants, and purple shoes. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact the Madison Police Department at 608-255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact the Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 608-266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. Doctor. Doctor. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We offer routine maintenance and precise surgery for your vehicle. Plus, Valvoline Professional Services to protect the health of your car. Does your doctor give you a warranty? We do. More than mechanics. At Tom's Auto Center, we're more like family physicians for your car. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. Midwest Farm Report. From field to fork and everything in between is why the kids from Wisconsin say it's a great way to start your I agree. A great way to start your Friday. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee. Happy to welcome you into a Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Now, I know that some of you have been contributing through our talk text line. Your rainfall updates. Appreciate that. Keep them coming. That toll-free talk text line 877-301-FARM 877-301-3276 Stumach, our ag meteorologist joins us you know I'll tell you what uh, I can't say that it necessarily amounted to a lot in my backyard but it just kind of kept misting all day long enough to preclude me going out and playing frisbee with my Sheltie babies. You know what I mean? It just kind of hung around. Did we get a lot of measurable rain out of this one? Uh, Lacrosse seems to be the winner so far. Getting rain is good. They had four tenths of an inch yesterday. Madison, I see a 23 hundredths of an inch. Uh, John over near Osceola had 18 hundredths of an inch. Uh, that's Township over here in Fond du Lac County. About a tenth at the airport. I see West Bend at 23 hundredths of an inch. Not much else coming in. Reedsburg, 24 hundredths of an inch. But we're not quite done. The low pressure system's down around southern Illinois going into Kentucky. And it's still providing rain, scattered light rain all the way from Missouri into southern and eastern Iowa, up through Illinois, and through a good part of Wisconsin. Most of us seeing some sprinkles or that light rain yet this morning. The good news, that low will head further east, and that rain will taper off and should end during the day. Even this morning at La Crosse and Mauston, midday or afternoon further east, but the rain will end, and as it eventually does, we tend to dry out. I don't think anybody feels bad about that. The weekend is going to be drier and certainly more pleasant, and those temperatures will be a little on the above-normal side Saturday, closer to normal Sunday. We all know the big news, and I've talked about it for a couple of days now. Next week, as we start November, that cooler weather, that cooler-than-normal temperature pattern really does begin to settle in. Daytime highs in the 40s, I'd say upper 40s on Monday, lower 40s as we head toward midweek, even Thursday. Now it should stay dry, but 
with those kind of temperatures, and even though there's going to be some sun, that topsoil's not going to dry up the mud we created. Even with just a couple of tenths of an inch of rain, that's not going to suddenly dry right up and get dusty. So we're into more of that uh, fall, autumn, muddy, kind of sloppy situation because of the rain we've seen. And that's just how things are going to work out as we make our way right on into next week. Beginning of November, certainly on the cool side, I don't see an end in store. You know, I don't see that uh, by next Friday it's going to warm back up to the 50s. After all daytime highs, the normals continue to fall. We're still in the mid-50s here, but there's some folks in Minnesota, central and northern Minnesota, where the normal highs are already in the upper 40s. So we know it's on the way. We just have a little rain to deal with yet today, and then we'll start to dry it out. It sounds very fine this weekend. Hope you get to take advantage of it, and that cooler air is coming in, so get ready for next week when I expect we talk about those 40s and, yes, then upper 20s through the nighttime low. So if you kept something alive out in the garden or you didn't get frost in that one spot in the field, I expect that next week that's going to happen, the growing season wrapping up, and we're heading deeper and deeper into fall and, and the end of the year. Hmm, that's a lot of good news. I'll have forecast details right after this. Join us as we continue our new monthly segment, The Gamblers Test Plot, only on the Midwest Farm Report with our partners at Gamblers. Aaron Zimmerman here, and this month I get the chance to try out Gamblers waterproof gear as I clean out and pressure wash the stock trailer. Tune in to see how Gamblers products help me get the job done right and stay dry. Since 1939, Wisconsin-based Gamblers has helped farmers, ranchers, and agriculturists get work done smarter, faster, and safer. Follow along at MidwestFarmReport.com. BadgerBean.com puts the Wisconsin soybean farmer first, and it's your place to go for the latest soybean news and research from leading industry experts. Simple, easy-to-access resources for the betterment and advancement of a sustainable soybean industry right here in Wisconsin. BadgerBean.com, an invaluable tool constantly updated for Wisconsin soybean farmers. For info and the latest updates, find us on Facebook and visit BadgerBean.com today. All righty, Stu. Not necessarily a lot of good news today, but it sounds like the weekend's going to improve dramatically. Oh, absolutely. A beautiful weekend. So our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update does include that scattered rain, the sprinkles and drizzle this morning, ending first mid-morning or so at La Crosse and on toward midday or the afternoon, the further east you head in the state. But still a cloudy day and breezy, too. Our high in the low to mid-50s, 55 or 56 could be the warm spot, and that would be at La Crosse. And the north winds at 10 to 20, they'll even gust around 30. Mostly cloudy in the east, more clearing in the west overnight, and temps fall in the mid-40s, still above normal. The north winds 5 to 15, gusting to 25. By Saturday, partly sunny, even more sun in the west, a beautiful day, mid-50s, 56, even a 58 in the west. The north winds about 5 to 10. Sunny Sunday, starting to cool, low 50s, northwest winds at 5 to 10, and I'll have to go there Monday. Mostly sunny, upper 40s, 47 or 48 could be our warm spot in the state Monday, and it just cools a little more after that, Pam, right on toward Wednesday. So I've just got to kind of nudge the bear here. There has been conversation about when we might see the first snowflakes appear in the state of Wisconsin. That going to happen the first week in November, or do we get to wait? Not the first week, no. We're clear. We're clear next week. I don't expect anything to shake up maybe toward the weekend, but at this point, you know, the first five days ought to be really sunny and just cool. All right. I'll take that. Very good, my friend. Have a good weekend. Oh, you too. 
Stumach, our ag meteorologist, with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Don't forget, Compure Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure. Com. I'm just taking a look across the state of Wisconsin right now, and it looks like everybody's still waking up with a little bit of rain, definitely cloudy skies. Let your voice be heard. The Midwest Farm Report talk text line. Let me know what the rain gauge looks like or just general weather observations. 877-301-FARM. That's 877 877- Three zero one three two seven six. Want to congratulate Kyle from Evansville. He is our Rural Mutual Weather Station winner for the month of October. Wrapping it up for our uh, Weather Station campaign with Rural Mutual Insurance. Congratulations. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The landscape across the central corn belt is going through some changes. The old authorities are starting to fade and today are being replaced by a more dedicated, harder-working, higher-performing seed corn company. One with a team of folks raised right here and ready to serve. Whoa, boy. Looks like there's a new sheriff in town. Wiffles Hybrids. Quite possibly the best hybrids you can buy. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. Focus on the future. Farm First represents dairy farmers in the halls of Congress and provides test verification, disaster assistance, and youth scholarship benefits. Farm First Dairy Co-op. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? MSculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. MSculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. MSculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine. 
View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Aloha! Pam Yankee inviting you to join me on an agriculture tour of all four of the Hawaiian Islands, March 21st through April 2nd. We'll enjoy tropical scenery, learn about Hawaii's unique agriculture, touring a pineapple plantation, learning about salt harvesting, and more. Visit holidayvacations.com or, better yet, call them, 888-557-1020 for a free brochure. That number again, 888-557-1020. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Have prairie exteriors add more value to your roof. Right now, get free gutters or leaf protection with the purchase of any roof. Imagine a new roof to highlight your home outlined by stunning, handcrafted gutters for free from Prairie Exteriors. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com my final game day prediction on Friday might be Iowa, just because I've been so off on the Wisconsin Badgers this year that just just to keep that going, I might have to go with Iowa. Ben, I voted both win as well. What would young Ben Kenny over here vote and why? I think the Packers lose tonight. I don't think they have enough to stop Kyler Murray. However, I are, think is, Wisconsin... are you just saying that because you're scared the Lions are going to beat the Eagles and we're going to make fun of you on oh, Monday? Oh, no, the, the Eagles are going to lose to the Lions. I, I, I've accepted my fate. We're going to have fun with you if that happens on I, I'm sure you will. I do think Wisconsin wins on Saturday. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Uh, tell us why. So Iowa and Wisconsin are pretty much mirror images of each other, except the Badgers are more efficient. They've, they've found a groove on the ground recently. In the last three games, they're averaging like 295 yards on the ground. And we saw against Purdue, like, they ran the ball like 85% of the time. So they found success there. So they'll be able to move the ball a little bit offensively. Iowa, on the other hand, they have one of the least efficient offenses in the country. What they do and how they win is they force turnovers and they get short fields for the offense. They let the defense go win the game. However, and yeah, we know Graham Mertz is subject to turning the ball over. uh, Paul Chris is going to do whatever he can to keep the ball out of Graham Mertz's hand. Let the defense go win the game. When you look up and down the sheet, Wisconsin has an advantage all over the field. They just need to not screw it up on special teams and not turn the ball over. Do you know what the ideal way for Paul Chris to keep the football out of Graham Mertz's hand would be? Punting. Hand it off. Wildcat. <laughs> Dave from Anona, where are you at? Wildcat. No. <laughs> but unfortunately, he'll be touching the ball every single play. Didn't Lil Wayne have a rap line about Wildcat? Check the paw prints, Wildcat, or something like that. Do you know what I'm talking about, Roddy? 
Oh, that's on the intro to Ballers. Is that what that is? Oh, what's the name of that song? God, I know my Wheezy F Baby, too, and shame on me. Oh, it's right above it. Right above it with Drake. Uh, Wildcat offense, check the paw prints. Wheezy F Baby, Lil Wayne. He, real G's, Ben. Ben, you ready for this? Real G's move in silence like yep, lasagna. Like lasagna, I know. You know that one. I, I do know that one. Real G's move in silence like lasagna. Figure that one out. All right, so, and the F stands for phenomenal. Ben, what's the score going to be on Saturday for the Badgers? Like, like seven to three? Seventeen to nine. It feels like twenty sixteen. It feels like twenty sixteen. Now the over under is thirty seven. I think that's far too many points. There could be fifteen punts in this game. Like neither offense is going to find that much success. If a team scores a touchdown, that might feel like an insurmountable lead because of how great these defenses are and how these offenses have really struggled most of the season. Maybe not struggled to score because Iowa's put up points. That's because they start on the 30-yard line half the time on on the opponent's 30. So I know you like to play NFL uh, props sometimes, like with field goals. So would you take the over three-and-a-half field goals in the Iowa-Wisconsin game? Um, Colin Miller, special teams player of the week, and his younger brother, very good at kicking as well. Both teams have really good kickers. I I would take over three-and-a-half field goals. I think the bigger prop here, if, if we had to set an imaginary line for how many punts there are, I think I would set it around 12. Now, keep in mind, there are there are about 24 to 25 possessions in a football game. You take away two because those end the half, so you can't punt on those. Take away maybe three or four because of points. Take away another one or two because of turnovers. I, I think there will be a punt in 75% of the possessions on Saturday. Wow, look at Ben Kenny. It's going to be beautiful. And... Are you honestly thinking that the Lions are going to beat the freaking Eagles? There's yeah, no I way. I think they might. 100%. The Eagles are a train wreck. Lions play for your money. Eagles. Actually, uh, The Lions are the best 0-7 team I've ever seen. Last night when I was with uh, doing the huddle with Bill, he did pick the Lions to beat the Eagles. And I said to him, what do you want to make Ben Kenny cry on Monday? I picked the Eagles. I, yeah, yeah, whatever. So I'm looking at some of the props for this Iowa-Wisconsin game at BetUS.com pretty funny so they do like the race to 10 points race to 15 points race to 20 points <laughs> no one in what 15. world is someone oh and there is a neither what world does someone score 25 points in this game the neither so at 20 race to 20 points neither goes plus 185 so saying like oh they still might not get to uh 20 but decent chance 25 neither goes to minus 190 yeah <laughs> Absolute I'm excited. I, if if Braylon Allen can hold on to the football, he will. Saturday could be his like holy crap. He's dominant. This is and he's like seventeen, his game. dude. I know it's insane. But if he could not fumble, remember what Melvin Gordon did against Iowa years ago? Yeah. I like this could be that kind of game from Braylon Allen. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'll tell you, if you're a Wisconsin farmer, you probably should pay more attention to what's happening with Wisconsin biofuels in the state. Before we wrap it up on this Friday, talking with Micah Jensen from the Didion Company, he is going to remind you that not only do biofuel companies help as far as our grain bid is concerned, they also help as far as our feed industry is concerned. And of course, Communities depend on those biofuel resources for a lot of jobs. We're talking about it with the Wisconsin Biofuels Association before we wrap it up on a Friday. I'm Pam Yankee. 
Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday, the final Friday of October, by the way. What can I tell you today? On this day, back in 1863, the Red Cross was founded, also known as the International Committee of the Red Cross. It was a humanitarian institution that has been three times the recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. Started on this day in 1863. On this day in 2008, Delta Airlines merged with Northwest. Remember Northwest? Yep. It resulted in creating the world's largest airline at that time, and they took on the name Delta for everything. On this day in 2012, Hurricane Sandy hit the upper northeast portion of the United States, considered a Category 2 storm by the time it made landfall. It actually damaged uh, properties worth about $50 billion, and they're still trying to clean up on the east coast from Hurricane Sandy that hit on this date in 2012. Happy birthday to actor Richard Dreyfus, 74, former Charlie's Angels, Kate Jackson is 73, and Winona Ryder, 50 years young. And now you know. We know that our Wisconsin meat processors are getting an opportunity for a little financial assistance starting today. Yesterday, the Wisconsin meat processor grant application period opened. I talked about it with Wisconsin Ag Secretary Randy Romanski. Although it's not a lot of money, it still allows processors to receive up to $50,000 in grants to try to help expand Wisconsin's meat processing industry. These are really expensive investments when we're talking about uh, things that increase the capacity uh, of, uh, of the processing industry, which we need to do, or increase throughput of processors. Those, those are expensive uh, expansions or, or equipment adjustments. So, uh, so the government proposed a million dollars. We proposed a $100,000 cap. Uh, and the legislature, when they finish their work on the budget and when they finish the joint finance committee process, uh, reduce that to $200,000 a year and a cap of 50000 It's not as much as what the governor proposed or as much as what we kind of put together in talking to the industry, but it's a start. And, again, we're going to get those dollars out the door, and I, I believe there's a whole lot of need out there, and you probably hear this too, Pam, uh, there's a lot of need uh, to make these investments uh, and, and help processors expand. And uh, we believe this will, this program will prove itself. And, you know, we're optimistic that we'll go back and, and try to get some additional funding. But it's uh, we've got what we've got right now, and we're going to put it to good use. Well, and your points will take in, Randy, that the conversation continues with the Wisconsin meat processing industry because uh, they still are in dire need of looking at the next generation of our Wisconsin meat processors. Absolutely. It's a key it's a key component of every of, of moving forward. Uh, all the processes we're talking to are saying it's hard to find people, it's hard to keep people, uh, and they can they can help train people up. Uh, but you know, if, if we've got this great system in Wisconsin, uh, whether it's through technical colleges or the university system, uh, where there are good programs in place, the the problem is we just we just need to continue to invest in those programs. And some of it, and this is what this is what Governor Evers proposes, getting some tuition assistance for people 
to get them into programs. They, they might not, not have necessarily even need a four-year or a two-year degree. Sometimes a technical college can create a program uh, where they can just do it as more of a short course. And having a tuition assistance program really helps defray the cost of, of, of that program. And it, we believe that'll help get a lot more people interested in the industry and start to build that pipeline of the, the talented individuals that are going to be the next generation of meat processors in the state. Wisconsin Ag Secretary Randy Romanski. Application period for those Wisconsin meat processors grants open now through January 14th. An update on winners from the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis, plus your markets coming up. Boost agriculture production in 2021 by optimizing operations with Focus on Energy. Focus on Energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the resources to identify energy efficiency upgrades and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today by contacting your energy advisor. Call 888-623-2146 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers grow since 2001. Aloha, fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee inviting you to join me on a four-island tour of the Hawaiian Islands, March 21st through April 2nd. This is going to be a fantastic tour, not only including beautiful tropical scenery, but learning about Hawaii's agriculture, pineapple production, salt harvesting, and more. You can get a free brochure by calling Holiday Vacations, 888-557-1020. That number again, 888 888- Five five seven ten twenty. The National FFA Convention continues in Indianapolis through tomorrow, but we can already tell you Wisconsin's coming away with some nice awards. Congratulations to Lashana Vogel from Denmark. Picked up the National Proficiency Award in Agricultural Communications. Kendra Goplin from the Whitehall FFA National Proficiency Award winner in Agriculture Education. Congratulations also to Olivia Olson from the Lake Mills FFA, came in second in the National FFA Creed Speaking Contest, and Branda Boyd and Ethan Johnson, placing second from the Watertown FFA for the Division Four National FFA Agri-Science Fair. Way to go. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are generally firm. Right now, December corn up a penny at 563 and three quarters. November soybeans are up seven and a quarter at 1241. The wheat for December, that's soft, down a penny right now, 771 and a half. July new crop wheat's down two, 776 and a half. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese dropped two cents at 182 and three quarters. 40 pound black cheese was up a penny and a half, 177 and a quarter. Well, double A butter was unchanged, 194 a pound. November milk currently a nickel lower at 1850 a hundredweight. December closed 20 cents lower at 1851 a hundredweight. We focus a lot of attention on the markets at this time of the year. A lot of farmers that are harvesting still wondering what they're going to receive for their crop. If it comes to corn, well, I'll tell you what, your local biofuels company can have a big influence on that price. Wisconsin ethanol producers and biofuels in general, talking about that next. Sign up for daily agriculture updates by joining our email list. Head to MidwestFarmReport.com, enter your email address, and we'll handle the rest. More farm news straight ahead. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Back in grade school, we were always taught to avoid run-on sentences. 
That's not a problem at Wiffle's Hybrids, since we're only focused on one thing, our high-yielding corn hybrids. Oh, and handling our own seed production. Oh, and staying independent in U.S. farm... Well, shoot. Turns out it's easier said than done. Wiffles Hybrids, one thing done right, and lots of little things done right, too. Huh. Nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Compere Financial wishes farmers and agribusiness a safe harvest season. Stay in touch with your local Compere team throughout the year to see how they can help make your plans a reality. Exceptional client experience at the heart of everything they do. Visit Compere.com or call 844-426-6733 today. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Wisconsin's biofuel industry, critical when it comes to Wisconsin agriculture, critical when it comes to your fuel source. We want you to know more about it. Go to wibiofuels.org to find out more, wibiofuels.org. One of the members of the Wisconsin Biofuels Association is Didion Milling, and joining us today is Micah Jensen. He's the Director of Grain Trading for Didion. So let's talk a little bit about Didion's role in the biofuels industry in Wisconsin, Micah. I mean, uh, sometimes people blur lines and don't realize Didion's a real player when it comes to biofuels. That's absolutely right, Pam. And and as an industry as a whole, what I'd like to share is that we consume approximately 165 million bushels annually of of, US, of Wisconsin raised corn. That represents approximately a third of of what's raised here in the state. Uh, so it absolutely is is a is a game changer for for the state of Wisconsin and Wisconsin's growers. Uh, at the same time, on the back end of of that consumption for for into these ethanol plants um, is a million tons of feed equivalent that's being produced going right back into um, the dairy and cattle farmers here in the state. Absolutely. You know, the other thing that we can't look past is that this is all locally driven. This is, uh, like you said, corn that's grown locally, feed that's generated locally, and when you talk about infrastructure, that keeps everything local and really kind of diminishes the carbon footprint when it comes to transportation, doesn't it? That's a great point. And there's a couple of aspects to really dial in there. In 2021, one of the largest disruptors to our business and businesses across the United States 
has been the increased uh, cost of freight and just overall freight availability. So to have a market like this close to where the corn is produced and, and ingrained with with our, our producers across the country is really uh, an opportunity to, to minimize that disruption to, to Wisconsin agriculture. Without that, you have to drive you know, 100 plus miles to access the river market or, or other, you know, existing markets that are, that are to our south. And so without this business, this year would have looked a, a lot different for the corn market than in the state of Wisconsin. And at the same time, the industry is really pushing towards this complete integration and supply chain visibility um, and environmental impact along that supply chain. It's, it's customers that are on the West Coast on the fuel side of the business that are that are pushing for uh, you know the programs like the LCFS out on the West Coast um, that is that is looking at everything from seed to fuel and the entire process and supply chain uh, as that corn is being raised and as it's being manufactured into fuel uh, and is creating a real market opportunity for the entire industry to participate at, at premiums, and we can bring that right back into the state of Wisconsin. And on the food side of the business, that's the great part about, about working with Didion, is that we're, we're both food-grade corn millers and uh, ethanol producers, um, and so we get to see the customer on the food side of it and what they're pushing for and, and the supply chain visibility and environmental impact that they expect as their food ingredients are being manufactured and provided to them uh, so that they can they can turn them into the great products that are in all of our pantries and refrigerators. Yeah, it's amazing to me when I look at an operation like Didion Milling, how little waste there is. The efficiency of that plant in the products that it generates and how it manages to market, I mean, literally, you waste nothing. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. I mean, that is something we really pride ourselves in as, as being a zero-waste facility. We know how hard th- th- it is to raise a bushel of corn and, and, and all the effort that goes into it by our, by our Wisconsin growers. Uh, and so we, we cherish that bushel, and we want to use every bit of the kernel. And, and by being set up in a way to mill on the front end and pull that kernel apart into its multiple components, and tie that up with a multifaceted bioscience facility on the back end, we really can use every bit of that kernel. Well, and when we talk about biofuels, folks, don't narrow your perspective into just ethanol. Didion Millings is an excellent example of how they're also taking that corn oil and moving it down the line for biodiesel that's made and used here in Wisconsin. Micah Jensen's along with us. He's the Director of Grain Trading for Didion Milling. And again, this is all brought to you courtesy of our Wisconsin Biofuels Associations. Members like Didion Milling all across the state drawing attention to the driver that they are locally when it comes to our farming economy and community economy through ethanol production as well as biodiesel. Uh, let's talk a little bit about where this industry is going, Mike. I think, to your point, after the pandemic, there were a lot of question marks on what was going to be happening. What does your vision see as far as the future for biofuels, not just in Wisconsin, but on the broader spectrum? Absolutely. There's a couple of key items there that, that the industry is really focused on. And, and one of them, to, to start fresh, um, is really on that corn oil aspect of it. We see this giant push for renewable biodiesel. And, and we know that there's an overall lack of supply that currently that stems into that market. It's imported in from other countries. It's, it's, it's largely uh, um, kitchen grease or, or waste oil, cook oil that's coming in, and, and, and those fuels are being made out of 
corn oil can and will play a very big role in that. Um, and so it's really positioning ourselves to be able to access that market uh, once it's once it continues to stand up and, and new refineries are being expanded and, and built here. There's there's plans for several of those across the United States in coming years. Um, and that demand currently sits on the West Coast. And so we have to be able to, to figure out how to navigate that and, and figure out how that industry is going to grow and where its next demand center is going to be um, and really position ourselves to maximize the opportunity there because that diversity across an ethanol plant will just continue to help us um, ebb and flow through 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 uh, the market changes. Um, on the fuel side of it, again, we have to be laser-focused on uh, finding the efficiencies with, uh, within our plant, finding the new technologies that reduce our, our carbon input and our environmental impact, um, and, and, and really drive for those changes and, and, and be creative in, in the different products that we make. Um, ethanol is, is, is certainly a, a big part of our business. Um, and we need to see things like um, uh, increased inclusion. Right now, the, the 10% blend that, that, that is generally accepted across the industry and, and used at the pumps all across America, um, it doesn't take much for a percentage or two to really move the needle and create more demand and, and help the industry really flatten out the, um, the supply, and, supply and demand bumps that currently exist in the, in the business. There's just a little uh, – uh, there's more – production capability than a 10% demand, depending on what the overall gasoline consumption is in the United States. So as we push towards things like an E15 blend, it might not seem like that big of a percentage increase, but when you think about every pump in, in the United States with, with you know, every day's, everybody's daily commute and what that means in consumption, um, it's, it's, it's a huge game changer. And so looking for that blend rate to increase and, and doing what we can uh, to support the opportunity for for those blends to go up uh, across across the United States and and even um, internationally, right? As, as as markets adopt more renewable fuels and they look to ethanol for that, we see we see uh, export opportunity and and so being positioned to to be able to participate in those markets as well is is going to be critical. Yeah, we can't undersell the environmental responsibility that uh, ethanol can serve in our fueling industry. And like you said, uh, it helps drive our local economy, and it's obviously helping us with regards to our environmental goals. Micah Jensen, along with us, he's the director of grain trading for Didion Milling, again, multifaceted facility that uh, is involved in the ethanol industry, also in the biodiesel industry, and like he pointed out, and the food industry, all in one facility. That is really a reflection on many of the members of the Wisconsin Biofuels Association. Again, folks, remember your locally grown, homegrown fuel right here in Wisconsin. Find out 